Quite often in this church you hear me and others speaking about rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word. This comes from a verse, it comes from a command in the second letter of the Apostle Paul to the younger pastor Timothy. In fact, it's his last letter. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. You'll find some very important things in his last letter. If you knew you were going to write your last letter, you'd put things in that. Uh, particular things of importance. And Paul knew this was going to be his last letter. In chapter 4 he says he's going to die pretty soon. And so indeed we find things in this letter that are very important. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As chapter, as, as uh, uh, 3.16 tells us, this God-inspired command is to us to be obeyed. Uh, if we would be approved and unashamed before God, we must study as a workman in God's word. The problem with most people, most Christians even, they seem to have little concern with being approved and unashamed before the Lord. But if that's your concern, and I trust it is, if you want to be approved of God, if you want to be unashamed before Him, then you've got to look at His, study His Word as a workman. Okay? Uh, anything that you would learn, be it a, a trade or, or, a, or a science or whatever, if you're going to be approved by those in authority over you. You have to study it and get it in hand. It's no different with God's Word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. This morning we're going to see some basic facts about rightly dividing the Word of Truth. It's in a Bible study we've called, it with a number of names, we call it the dividing point or times dividing point. That was what's in the bulletin. In the newspaper, God's programs dividing point. That's specific. Okay? God has different programs, at least two of them, two basic ones, and there is a dividing point which you can divide them from one from the other. Most, if not all, Christians think that God's program through Christ in the four Gospels and through the twelve apostles early on in the book of Acts is pretty much the same as that of the apostle Paul later on in Acts and in his epistles. They believe that Paul preached the same thing as Christ in the Twelve did while Christ was on earth and the Twelve did in early Acts. But if you follow that thinking, you'll remain woefully ignorant of the Scriptures. There is a definite and distinctive, a clear dividing point in God's overall programs. It's stated again and again and again. There is a point set forth in the Bible... God's holy and eternal word, a point which clearly separates the ministry from the risen Christ through the Apostle Paul from the ministry of Christ on earth and his twelve apostles. And we'll look at that point this morning. The first one thing we want to see is what is the dividing point? What is the point that divides God's program through Paul from God's program before Paul? There is a point. What is that point of time which makes it perfectly clear that the program of God through the Apostle Paul is distinct and different 
From that through the 12 apostles. That point is this, the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world. Okay? The world, the, world uh, the term world is cosmos. It means the orderly universe, everything here and now. Cosmos, from which we get an English word, what? Cos cosmetics? Cosmetology? Okay. That's putting things in order, isn't it? Okay. That's where it comes from. Okay. Now let's look at two verses which speak of that founding. There is, there, there's many scriptures that speak of a point, and for illustration today, I'll be back again and again. I'm going to make this, this thing the foundation of the world. Okay. We'll be back to that again and again. Okay. Let's look at two verses which speak of that founding. Hebrews 1.10. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. The foundation of the world. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. Hebrews 1.10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Okay? beginning of time, God laid the foundation. The Lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens, that is the universe. Okay. Now let's go back to Genesis 1.1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven, or literally the heavens, it's plural, the heavens and the earth. Okay. It's interesting, God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews says the Lord Jesus did it. Okay? He must be God, right? Okay. God created the universe in the beginning. Now both verses mention the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning of the world and the universe. The beginning of time. The beginning of the ages. The beginning of the heavens and the earth. There was a point when God created the heavens and the earth. Now let's look at two verses which briefly show that, that the dividing point is the foundation of the world. Here briefly, we want to show what will develop later. That the foundation of the universe is the most basic dividing point in God's dealings with man through the ages. Let's see why we say this. Turn first to Matthew chapter 15, 25, verse 34. Matthew 25, Verse 34. Matthew 25, verse 34. Now chapter 24 and 25 are talking about the last days when Christ comes back to earth for Israel. Matthew 25, verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on the, his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There is a kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. Okay. Now let me point out something to you from Matthew 15, 24. Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's in the same book. Okay. There is an earthly Jewish kingdom of what Christ, of, 
of which Christ speaks, and it was prepared from the foundation of the world. The kingdom of which Jesus Christ spoke in the Gospels to the twelve apostles takes its origin since the foundation of the world. Now, do you see that? He said, he's speaking to Israel. He says his ministry has to do with Israel. And he said, now, inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. There is a program with, of God that takes its origin after or from the foundation of the world. And Christ spoke of that to his apostles in the Gospels. He spoke of that in the Gospels. He spoke of that program. Its origin is from the foundation of the world, since the foundation of the world. Now turn to Ephesians 1.4. By the way, who wrote Ephesians? The Apostle Paul. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Ephesians 1, 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Those with whom Paul deals includes Christians today, it includes us, and we were chosen in Christ, but when? What's it say there? Before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Beloved, the foundation of the universe or the beginning of time is that dividing point we've been referring to. The ministry of Christ on earth and the twelve apostles always deals with God's program revealed during the time since that point since the foundation of the world, since the beginning of the world, and the ministry of the risen Christ through his specially chosen vessel, the Apostle Paul, always deals with God's program before that point. Couldn't be clearer. God's word, and, and we'll see it again and again. There is a point, the foundation, the beginning of the world, and God's program through Christ and the twelve, since the foundation of the world. But beloved, God's program for us today goes back before the foundation of the world. Okay? Before the world began. Okay? By the way, that program, since the foundation, has to do with Israel and it has to do with the earth. And that program for us today has to do with the body of Christ and has to do with the heaven. Okay? Your citizenship is in heaven, it's not on earth. Israel's was earth. What's the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Earthly program. Okay. Two different programs. Okay. Now let's look more closely at this point, at, at this fact, what we've been saying in, a, in an introduction today. What comes since the dividing point? Let's be more specific. What things are revealed since the beginning of the universe, since the beginning of time? Let's look first at what is said in the four Gospels. Go to Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1 is the introduction to the entire program of the four Gospels. It introduces Christ, it introduces John the Baptist, it gives an overview of what's going, going to go on in the, in the Gospel. In Luke chapter 1, in verse... 67, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, so he's saying exactly what God wants him to say. And um, 
let's pick up with verse 16. Blessed be the Lord, be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, Israel, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies from the hand of all them that hate us. This prophesied of John the Baptist and of Christ's earthly ministry to Israel. Now note again verse 70. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. This promise of a deliverer for Israel had been given by the prophets since the world began. Since the world began. The program of the Gospels, what Christ's earthly ministry, is since the world began. We might also note Luke 11.50. Luke 11.50. That the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. Again, the dividing point is noted. Now, we already saw Matthew 25, verse 34, didn't we? Let's go, just go there again. Because that's at the end of Christ's ministry. And that dividing point is still before us. The end of Christ's earthly ministry. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. 25, verse 34. And, um, in fact, to show you it's the end of his earthly ministry, he's speaking about the future when he... Uh, sets up his kingdom for Israel. Verse 31 says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory and he'll gather people for judgment. Verse 34 says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We saw that the earthly kingdom of which Christ spoke has been prepared since the dividing point, since the foundation of the world. Now, I want to step aside here, lest we, uh, you might not even notice this, but I always cover anything any, uh, that might be a question. Okay? Most, well, let's go back to uh, Matthew 13, 35. Okay? Matthew 13, 35. Now, when Christ spoke in parables, he was doing something. He was revealing to his apostles things that weren't fully known by, in the prophets. In fact, he's talking about this here. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, will utter things which have been kept secret since the foundation of the world. Okay? Now, the parables that Christ spoke regarding the earthly kingdom revealed things that were kept secret since the world began. This looks like a problem or an exception to what we've been saying. But when we look at the passage that Christ quoted here, some of the problem melts away. Let's go to Psalm 78. That's the passage he quoted here. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Let's start with verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. 
incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable and will utter dark sayings of old, which we have, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us we will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. The things to which Christ referred to in Matthew 13 were not completely hidden. His disciples saw and understood them, okay, what he was saying. The Greek word used here in Matthew 13 means hidden, but not necessarily completely, okay? The point I make this. Yes, Christ did reveal some things that, that weren't fully revealed in the apostles. Otherwise, you wouldn't have more scriptures. Uh, he did reveal some things that weren't fully known in the Old Testament. Uh, people might have understood. They had to be told them again, okay? And so I just cover that in passing to show, to, to, lest, lest there be a problem with this. Uh, and no, you can forget that now, okay? Now, we also see what comes, we also see what comes from the dividing point since the foundation of the world elsewhere in the New Testament. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. Again, much of Christendom says, well, the church, the body of Christ began in early Acts. Well, let's see what the early Acts is speaking about. Again, Acts chapter 3, let's look at the context, okay? Acts chapter 3, verse 12, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, is dealing with whom? And Peter saw, and when Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel. And you'll go through this passage, you'll find again and again and again, he's talking to Israel, okay? He's talking to Jews. And verse, uh, let's go to verse... Um, 19. And between that time, he accuses them of killing Christ, their Messiah. Okay. He said, you did it ignorantly. Verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Now, you see what he's saying here? You repent of killing, you Jews, you repent of killing Christ, and what's going to happen? Times are refreshing. What's going to happen? Christ is going to come back. Isn't that exactly what Matthew 25 is speaking about? Christ coming back? Okay. Now, look at verse 21. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of the restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Verse 24. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold these things. Okay. Now this speaks of the return of Christ, verse 20. And it speaks of the thousand-year reign of, of the Lord. Times are refreshing. Times of restitution. It's called the millennium. Okay. It is at the core of Peter and the rest of the twelve's Pentecostal ministry to Israel. Holy Spirit-filled Peter ties all that was going on in early Acts to the prophets, what? Since the world began. You see that? He says everything that's going on here at Pentecost is since the world began. It takes its origin since the world began. The whole Pentecostal program was spoken of by all the prophets since the world began. Now let's go to Acts 15. Acts 15, verse 18. Acts 15, 18. Now, Acts 15, what is happening is 
God's Word. Uh, James is speaking. And the problem in Acts 15 was, what are we going to do with the Gentiles? The Jews were upset that Paul was leading Gentiles to the Lord. And James stands up and says, listen, God has always wanted to pray to save Gentiles. God's always wanted to save Gentiles. Uh, it isn't something new. And so he quotes these scriptures, verse 16, 17. And, and by the way, even Christ, even when he said, I'm sent to the lost of the sheep of the house of Israel, he said, let the children first be filled, then turn to the Gentiles. Well, he used another word. What was it? Let the children first, then the dogs. Okay. God always, got from Abraham on down, God wanted to reach the Gentiles, but it was through Israel. It was through Israel. Okay. And Acts 15, verse 18 says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. God's always wanted to reach Gentiles. Don't be upset with the, the Paul's reaching them. Okay. God's work in saving Gentiles through Jewish leadership is known since the foundation of the world, since the beginning of the ages. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. Hebrews 4, 3. Hebrews was written to whom? Hebrews. Okay. Jews. Okay. For which, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works of Israel's kingdom rest, the earthly kingdom, have come into being, been finished, since the foundation of the world. Go to Revelation chapter 13. Now, Revelation is prophecy, and it's all based on the Old Testament. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life, book, book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Christ was slain since the foundation of the world. Now note there is nothing from any book of the Bible definitely written by the Apostle Paul. All these are written by someone else. Okay? And all this program that we've talked about is since the foundation of the world. Okay? Israel, Christ's earthly ministry, early Acts. Hebrews, Revelation. Now let's take a look at what goes on before the dividing point. What things are said to originate before the beginning of the universe, before the beginning of time, before the beginning of the world. First of all, in relation to our Lord Jesus Christ, there are some things that reach back before the foundation of the world. Let's go to 1 Peter 1.20. 1 Peter 1.20. 1 Peter 1.20. who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Christ, as a sacrificial lamb, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, before time began, or the universe. God knew and planned of Christ's death for men who would sin. In fact, verses 18 through 20 tells us about that. For as much as ye know, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, 
and with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. God knew and planned Christ's death. He knew and planned his shed blood for you and your sins, for me and my sins, even before the beginning. What a wonderful, precious truth. I wonder, have you responded to this fact? Are you saved? Are you sure? Okay. You can be sure by believing from the heart the truth here presented. The Bible says that salvation comes through believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again. The Bible says that we're dead in sin. And if we don't get, take care of that sin, we'll go to the lake of fire. And God wants us to turn from our sins and turn to the Lord. Believe that Christ fully paid for your sins on the cross. What's the Bible say? In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So if you're not saved, ask yourself, am I saved? I know I'm going to heaven. You can't know, by the way. If you're not saved, you're not sure. You can settle that issue right here today. And that's simply by saying, believing what God's Word says. God's Word says, I'm a sinner. I'm going to turn to the Lord and trust Him for my salvation. You can settle that right in your seat. Don't put that off, okay? Settle that matter, okay? Now let's turn to John chapter 17, verse 24. We're looking about things about the Lord Jesus Christ now. Go back before the foundation of the world. By the way, that proves something, right? That proves that He is not a created being. He was here before time. He was around before time. John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. God the Father loved Christ before the foundation of the world. That proves that Christ was and was loved before time and before creation that he was not part of creation, as Jehovah witnesses and some, Jehovah's Witnesses and some other false doctrines maintain. Okay? He was there before time ever began. Okay. Let's see one, one more very important point. The dividing point in relation to the Apostle Paul's ministry. Let's turn again to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Ephesians 1, 4. Again, let's review what we have to this point. Foundation of the world. That's my lamp here, okay? Everything that went on in the Gospels, the entire program in the Gospels, the entire program in the early part of the book of Acts takes its origin since the foundation of the world. Christ was there before the foundation, but the program for Israel, the program in early Acts, the program in the Gospels was since the foundation of the world. Now let's go to Ephesians 1.4. We're looking at Paul's letters now. Ephesians 1, four. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Beloved, God had you and I in mind before he ever created this world. He had a plan for us before the world ever began. Those who are objects of Paul's ministry were chosen in Christ before the world began, before the foundation of the world. What did we see about Peter's ministry in early Acts? The people and program of that time were spoken by all the prophets since the world began. Paul's people are spoken before the world began. Peter's since, Paul's before. See the difference? Okay. 
One has to do with the earth and Israel, and the other has to do with heaven and the body of Christ, where there's neither Jew or Gentile. Let's go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, verse 5. Now Paul is speaking of a program. Uh, let's go back to verse 2. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to your word. Okay? God gave me a message. God gave me a program, Paul says. How that by revelation, God, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a four and few words. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. In other words, the prophets didn't know about what Paul was speaking. Okay? They didn't have any idea about it. Okay? Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. What is that program? Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. If you follow God's program, you know that from Abraham on down, God's people were who? They were the Jews, weren't they? The Gentiles were outside. That's us. Okay? In the gospels, Christ came, he said, I am not sent. Twice, he was faced with dealing with Gentiles, people like us. Both times he refused to deal with them unless they came as dogs at the foot of the children's table. That's the only way he dealt with them. Okay? And he said, I am not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay? And the lady says, yes, you're right, Lord. I believe what the Bible says. Okay? But even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Israel, the children, were below that in prophecy since the foundation of the world. Okay? But the mystery of today is what? There's no difference. God has laid aside all those differences. Okay? And you and I are joint heirs, joint partakers, joint shares with everything God has through the gospel, through believing what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. When you believe Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again, you got it all. Okay? Better than what Israel had even, because it's a heavenly okay? And that's what we have here. Okay? And Paul, Paul was, you know, the wonderful thing is nobody resisted that program of Israel on earth more than Paul. And God saved him and said, I'm going to give you something even better. That's grace. That's why we sing about grace today. Okay. Verse 9 now. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, you know what he said there? He says, not only... Not only was the program that I'm talking about hidden in all ages, he says it here again, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. In other words, the program of the Gospels and Acts was revealed by all the prophets. And Paul says during that time what I'm talking about was hid from the world. Hid from, hidden from everybody. Beloved, you can't have something that's fully revealed and hidden at the same time. They're two different programs. Okay? <coughs> The mystery of Christ was not made known in other ages, other generations. This present dispensation of the mystery was revealed to and through, through the Apostle Paul, and it had been fully concealed, that's what it means, meaning the Greek word, since eternity, since the beginning. Paul, by Holy Spirit inspiration, says the dispensation of the mystery, which was fully, it was fully concealed away since the beginning, 
and it was revealed to him. Directly to him by direct revelation, not by the Spirit as we understand it. The other apostles did. Now let's go back to Romans 16.25 because he said the same thing. Closes the book of Romans with it. Romans 16.25 Now to him that is able to establish you according to my gospel, even the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. You see what he says again? Peter and the apostles and Christ's earthly ministry was revealed by all the prophets since the world began. And what does God's word say here? Paul says, what I'm preaching about, what establishes you today, was kept secret during all that time. Kept secret since the world began. Revealed to Paul, okay? But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. No, don't be fooled by the scriptures of the prophets. Paul was a prophet. Paul says it's made known by what I'm writing, my prophetic scriptures, because he was a prophet of God. The revelation of the mystery was kept secret since the ages began. The truth through Paul was kept secret since times eternal. Peter's Pentecostal program was spoken of by all the prophets. Paul says mine was hidden from all the prophets. And it is Paul's gospel, what does it say here? And it's Paul's gospel which establishes, establishes in the Lord today. You want to be established, you're established by God's word through the letters of the Apostle Paul. That's what establishes you today, because that's God's program today. You go back and try to practice what's in the Gospels, you'll have fits, okay? Because you're, you're here on the wrong day if you're going to follow the Gospels program, because they follow what? Saturday, see? It's Paul that says, don't be under the Sabbath. Meet the first day of the week. In the Gospels, the program was a Sabbath, Saturday, okay? By the way, they couldn't eat pork either. <coughs> You'll have fits if you try to follow. I've, I've talked to Christians who've tried to follow that program, and they just can't do it. It doesn't work. Now I'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because we're looking at all these other, a number of other scriptures which say the same thing. It's not accidental. God wants us to get this truth. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained, what? Before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Paul says we preach the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The mystery which Paul preached, and which we're also to preach, was fully concealed before the cross. Satan and his rulers did not know of it. It wasn't in the scriptures. If it was in the scriptures, they would have known it. But it was foreordained before the world began, which is back before the world began, okay, what Paul preached. Colossians 1.26. Or Colossians 1.26. Verse 24 tells us it has to do with the church, which is his body. Okay? Verse 24 says, uh, My flesh for his body sake. God's church today is called the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ there is neither Jew or Gentile. Okay? 
Whereof, verse 25, Colossians 1, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me, for you, to fulfill or complete the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Point again. What does he say? Paul says, the program that I'm talking about was hid from the foundations, hid from ages and generations. Now may known, now may known. And the wonderful thing about it, verse 27, I'm going to add that, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Beloved, we Gentiles in past ages, from the beginning of the world on, had no claim on God whatsoever. Paul makes that perfectly clear. Israel had the promises, they had the covenants, they had everything. We had nothing. Okay. God promised his spirit to Gentiles. You look back in Joel in Acts 2, he promised it to Gentiles. He didn't promise it to, what I say? He promised it to Jews. Okay. He never promised it to Gentiles. He promised his spirit, he would pour his spirit on the Jews. Okay. And he did that in early Acts. We didn't have any of those promises. Okay. But now what does it say? Not only the Holy Spirit dwells in us, Christ in you, who? Gentiles, the hope of glory. When you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you and I, who formerly had no claim on God whatsoever, who were called dogs by Christ in the Gospels, Christ dwells in you. That's a mystery, hidden from other ages, go back before the foundation of the world. First, 2 Timothy 1 9. 2 Timothy 1 9. 2 Timothy 1 9. The very epistle we're told to rightly divide the word of truth. Verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. 2 Timothy 1 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus. What's that phrase? Before the world began. God had a plan to save you and I Gentiles before the world began. And so when Israel rejected his program, he wasn't a lot. He knew exactly what he was going to do. Okay? He had this plan. Kept it a mystery, kept it hidden, but he had this plan to save everybody by grace without works before the world began God's never at a loss huh. he's never at a loss in any of our personal situations he always knows the way out we're to turn to him for that God's purpose and grace was given to Paul and to those to whom he ministered before the world began in eternity past and finally Titus chapter 1 verse 2 in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Beloved, Paul and all of us saved in the body of Christ today had eternal life promised to us before times eternal, before the world began. What a tremendous truth to the true believer in Christ. Eternal life promised before the world began. Way back before the world began, God had a plan that those who trust Christ alone would have eternal life 
and it's in effect today. And so if you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have eternal life. And beloved, there are most of Christendom believes, oh, you can have eternal life, you can get saved and lose it. Beloved, if you, God ever gives you eternal life, the Bible says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. If God ever took that from you, what's it say there? God cannot lie. That would make God a liar, wouldn't it? God had a plan that those who trust Christ alone would have eternal life, and he had that plan in mind way before the world, he had you in mind way before the world began. And then you simply trust what Christ has done for you. You have that eternal life, and that's yours. Okay. Eternal life promised before the world began. Now, what are we to conclude from this study? I think some things are inescapable. We must say with certainty that there is indeed a definite dividing point. God's program through Christ in the Gospels and through the Twelve Apostles and Early Acts, that program has been revealed and spoken of during all the time since the beginning of creation. On the other hand, and oppositely, God's program for today through the Apostle Paul had been completely hidden since the beginning of creation. One was hidden, the other was revealed. This ministry of the risen Christ given to Paul is, what also, is what's also given to you and me. Ephesians 3.9. What's it say? To make all men see what is the fellowship or the dispensation of the mystery. This is God's will and our responsibility to beloved. To make all men see this message which erases the widespread confusion existing in Christendom. Confusion over exactly what is God's program for today. And many of you have had your confusion lifted. God's program since the foundation had tongues. Is it in fact healings? Uh, no pork, Sabbath, uh, all kinds of other things. There are dozens of things that are different. Okay? And when you see there's a difference of programs, you'll see that, that, that these, these things, these confusions fade away. Okay? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make known this mystery, this message? Well, we do that through a public outreach, through getting out the uh, God's Word affairs and newspapers, Bible conferences, etc. But even more personally and effectively by bringing others to church and to Sunday school and to Bible study to hear it. By sharing this wonderful message yourself through word of mouth and through many of the Bible tracts we have out here. There are books and Bible tracts that cover this material. They're provided for use. Put them in your bookcase. They're in your bulletins. Beloved and well. Beloved, the dividing point, the distinctive message our Lord gave through the Apostle Paul is not a matter of personal interpretation. It's a clearly stated, definite Bible fact as we've seen today. We used the words, didn't we? Again and again, the Bible talks about the foundation of the world. God's program in the Gospels and Acts was revealed since the foundation of the world. Paul goes back before the foundation of the world, and he adds what? What I'm talking about, Paul says, was hidden during all that time. Clearly stated Bible fact, and one for which we're responsible to others. So let's get going and get out these truths even more. Uh, one way, we invite people out to Pastor Sadler's meetings, because he'll deal with these issues. Uh, he told me he's debating between two different subjects, and they both have to do with that issue. God's word rightly divided. And let's be praying as we do. In fact, we're going to close with Ephesians chapter 6. 
verses 18 through 20, Paul's prayer. What he prays here. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. Paul says, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul is speaking here not only the gospel, he says, I want to make known the mystery of the gospel, all that's involved in the gospel. That everybody has salvation through Christ alone without works, religion, or ritual. And you're complete in Christ, you have eternal life. That's what he wants to make known to people. Trust you there too. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we just put these this time into your hands, praying that you'll use it for our glory, for your glory in our hearts and lives. Stir us with not only the blessed position we have in Christ, but stir us to share these truths with others. For it's in his name we pray.